Hello and welcome back to Bridges Podcast. This podcast is about startups and entrepreneurship in Egypt. Our podcast is now available on Anchor, Spotify, Radio Public, Breaker, Stretcher, and Pocket Casts. Today's guest is Ahmed Tawfiq. He's a senior consultant with many years of experience in business management. He holds a degree in computer science from the American University in Cairo and an MBA from the University of Chicago. He's also the co-founder and lead product manager at Instadite, the company which we will talk about today. So Ahmed, thank you so much for coming in today. Tell us more about yourself. I studied computer science in the American University in Cairo. I graduated for 2006 and then I joined Schlumberger for a couple of years, like six years in Cairo. Stayed with them. I, I did information management, engineering, and then did some business development. I then left for the University of Chicago. I did my MBA in the University of Chicago Booth School of Business for two years. Came back to Schlumberger in Abu Dhabi as a consultant, then a senior consultant doing strategy management consulting. Then two years ago, I came back to Egypt with the hope of a starting up something. Why do you want to be an entrepreneur? Well, that's like a long answer. It has been, you know, the choice to be an entrepreneur is not a logical one. So like if we speak logic, if we speak financials, it doesn't make any sense to become an entrepreneur. I would make much more money and I would have much more returns if I continued as a consultant or if I continued my corporate career. But it has been always a dream just to make something with, to enjoy seeing something starting from zero to be, to becoming something. So I think deep inside it's the passion to solve a problem and to create value for everyone, for every stakeholder, I mean. So it's that passion that I think is the root cause of why I decided to be an entrepreneur. What was your first step as an entrepreneur? How did you start? So I've, I have always had the dream to have my own company, to, to have my own company, to build it from scratch. My first, and then I had like, I think four or five trials. My first one was directly after graduation. I graduated from computer science, so I did um, a freelance, some, some freelance projects and I wanted to start up a service company, a software service company, developing mobile games and uh, products. At that time, it was like 2005, late 2005 was like a breakthrough. So it's like uh, even there was no iPhones, there's nothing there yet. So we were like ahead of the curve. We actually did a couple of good things. We did um, local Egyptian games like Basra, you know, Kuchena. Uh-huh. And we did it on mobile with, with Nokia's at that time. And then we did a couple of local products for uh, different companies here in, in the region as well. But we kind of lacked maturity. We like we had the passion, we had the energy, but we didn't have the knowledge and the maturity required to build up a company. And we were very, you know, we didn't have the persistence. We didn't persist with the first hit, no projects, no money. Oops, go find another job. So that was my first trial before joining Schlumberger. I think joining Schlumberger was like, like a crucial step in my life because it introduced me. It's, it's a true multinational and the professionalism that I have seen there really, really added to me a lot. So yes, I wanted to become an entrepreneur. I hated corporate life. But guess what? Corporate life in Schlumberger added to me as a person and professionally a lot. I traveled to many countries. I met many people. I dealt. It's a true multinational. So like you really dealt with many, many, many nationalities. I traveled like to many, many countries. And this added depth to my understanding and added breadth to my knowledge. 
not only technical because you don't need to be technically good to start up a company but you also need to be good at business good at finance and good at, at, at many other things i then joined university of chicago again it was a, a crucial step in my life in terms of knowledge because i focused on finance and entrepreneurship so i learned a lot in university of chicago we met a lot of entrepreneurs they came like uh, many alumni from university of chicago who started their businesses came back to pitch their ideas and to, to share with us their challenges so it kind of it was an eye-opener to what to expect it's not easy to start a business so and this kind of naivety when you start a business you think it's like yes i'm doing my dream i'm building something it's easy many people do it we see like a lot of success stories but nobody took uh, talk about the failures so like you face a lot of challenges on your way and being in university of chicago for two years learning from people who have done this before kind of helped me to expect what what life is as an entrepreneur so my second trial was during was during my mba i was sponsored by the school by university of chicago to come back during the summer as an internship to start up something and it was called Gropinian at that time and that was directly after the January 2011 revolution so it was the idea was to build a debating platform an online debating platform you know Facebook social media platforms are really good in like showing empathy showing that you like something like you support your friends but it's not as efficient and as good for debating for actually disagree with somebody there's like one like button in facebook but there's no dislike button and then so we started something as a tool as an online tool to help people debate and provide more statistics on who agrees to something who disagrees with something it was interesting at that time but again we were we were a good team actually but we didn't have the stamina again with the first hit we left the business and after graduating from my MBA I got like a very attractive offer from Schlumberger to work with them again as a consultant which I actually did and then it added a lot to me as well professionally uh, but after two years I hated the life of consulting you know it's, it's too much pressure so I came back my third trial was that was like two years ago I think it was called Freshies we did an online e-commerce was e-commerce for fresh produce so vegetables fruits but high-end you know in egypt it's a problem to get like safe products to find safe products and this stuff so we specialized in safe and organic products we liked the idea a lot but we couldn't we didn't like the operations part of it operating and carrying inventory of fresh produce was like super tough and we wanted something tech wise so i did something after fresh is called geek factory and that was an academy some sort of an academy to take people who have no background who have no programming background and to turn them into developers and we focus more on on mobile development ios and android and this kind of stuff was was brilliant was good had a lot of impact but was not scalable so it was like it was human resource intensive it was not scalable and with the devaluation of the currency and we couldn't increase our prices so it, it didn't make financial sense after some point of time and here i am doing instadi.me so i think it's like fourth or fifth entrepreneurial track sorry for the very long answer so tell us more about instadite so directly after geek factory i you know i was burning my money i didn't raise funds yet so and i'm married i have kids so it's like it's it's, it's really tough with uh, starting a starting a business and taking care of the family as well so i decided that i'll go back to corporate i will start searching for a career and i was interested in product management career so i was thinking i was searching for Google, Amazon, Microsoft, the likes and to start like to be a product manager, a manager in a tech firm. But I always like to have 
a side hustle, you know, like, like, you know, like a project that I do on my part. And Insta Diet started this way. So my wife was actually following up with a dietitian or a nutritionist online. The nutritionist was based out of UK. My wife was here in Egypt. So the, the only means of communication was WhatsApp, emails, and Facebook message. And they were a group of people, like 100 people, like 150. So imagine that she sends them the meal plan uh, on WhatsApp. So everyone in the group needs to scroll up to, to, to find the meal plan. Then they need to write their weight as a message for her. So the nutritionist takes the messages of, with all weights and then inputs this into uh, an Excel sheet or a Google sheet to, to keep track of who is doing what and who gained weight, who lost weight. And, you know, this is, I said, like tech can help make this much easier. And with the numbers, with some research, we found that weight loss is a huge industry worldwide. I think it's like around $360 billion worldwide. So huge, including surgeries, of course. But like people already spend a lot to lose weight. And with more research, we found that it's an industry that lacks credibility. So like if you go on Facebook or you go on Google, you find an article this is the magical way to lose weight in like two weeks. This is follow my link to lose weight in no time, which is sometimes not only not credible, but also unhealthy for the people. So we decided to build something, which is Instadiet, to, to be the go-to destination, online destination for people who want to lose weight. So like our goal in Instadiet is to solve diet challenges using technology. It's a huge and wide umbrella. We can do a lot of stuff under this umbrella, but we're starting by digitizing the way patients communicate with their dietitians or nutritionists. So if you don't need to call, reserve, drive, park, and wait in a clinic to talk to a, a credible dietitian, actually with a click of a button, you start, you, you, you buy a subscription with a dietitian, and then you have access to that dietitian for the whole one month. If you go meet the dietitian or the nutritionist face-to-face, you, like, you wait a long time in the clinic, and then you have like 10 to 15 minutes with that dietitian. Then he gives you a meal plan, tell you, like, follow this meal plan, see you in two weeks. If you have a question within these two weeks, you don't have access to him or her. We built a subscription-based model so people have access to their dietitians, nutritionists for one month or three months as they choose. We send the in-body analyzer, you know, like the device that measures the percentage of fat, muscle in the body to, 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 to their home. Once they sign in, they start talking with the dietitian so they have access to the dietitian directly and they start asking them questions about their food preferences, their goals, why they need to follow a diet plan or a meal plan. So like they have the results of this chat as a story and they have the results from the in-body analysis. The nutritionist can then tailor a diet or a meal plan for that customer. It's not just a generic diet that he gives to many other customers, but it's tailored for every single case. So we make sure that the diets are healthy and tailored for everyone for their goals. This, this, this makes it healthy and sustainable because it's tailored for your lifestyle and at, at the same time credible because it's coming from someone that we verified their credentials before. So it's, it's more or less about personalization, customization and all that. You make sure that the person that you're talking to is getting what actually they need. Exactly. Walk me through Instadite. If I'm a new user, how am I going to use your service? So like if you are a new user, you probably have a pain point, right? So you are probably someone who is looking to talk to a dietitian or a nutritionist. And there are five reasons why people would need to talk to a dietitian or a nutritionist. The first one and the most obvious one is weight loss, right? Like people, they have, we didn't mention that like it's like a big percentage of the world population. I think it's around 40%. 
according to the World Health Organization. 40% of the world population accounting for, I think, around 3 billion people are either overweight or obese. And this comes with a hefty price, hefty economic and health price. Uh, so the, the number one driver that you would need to talk to a dietitian for is to lose weight. The second, the, another driver is that people who work, who are exercising, they want to do bodybuilding or bulking. So they need to follow a very a professional meal plan as well to support their kind of exercise. So that's driver two. The third driver is that someone with a chronic illness, like diabetic person, an, uh, anemia, autoimmune diseases, or many other chronic illnesses that needs a support uh, that needs a special nutrition plan as well. So that's the third driver. Fourth driver is someone who wants to make sure that his kids or teens follow a healthy lifestyle to make sure that they are starting from scratch, you know, like getting the right habits. So that's fourth driver. The fifth one is just people want to live healthy and to lead a healthy lifestyle. So whatever, you, when when you go to our platform, you the first thing is that you choose your driver. Based on your driver, we then recommend the best nutritionist to address this driver. And then the normal stuff takes, takes place. Like you register, you just write very, very basic information, you pay, and then you get started directly. So how much do you pay for a one month subscription? This varies. It's like we give our dietitians and nutritionists the, the ability to, to set their own prices. So like you can find people starting at 500 Egyptian pounds uh, per month. I think this is what, this is like $20. I think, yes, it's around $20 till uh, 1,000 uh, or 2,000 Egyptian pounds as well. So it really depends on the dietitian. We give them the, the, the option to set their own price. I've noticed that on your website, all your dietitians slash nutritionists are females. Yes. Is there a specific reason <laughs> behind that? No, there's no reason. They were just starting. Those are the ones that were in our direct network or secondary networks, but very soon there will, there will be actually male doctors. We're talking to them very soon. Okay. So it's not by design. So you're not just targeting females. You're targeting no. everybody. Yeah, yeah, of course. From the dietitian side, of course, we're targeting everyone. But from the customer side, we actually have a very, very strong focus on females. Because we said like $361 billion are, is the size of the industry, the weight loss industry. 80 to 90% of the expenditures are females. So, you know, like it's a pain point for them much more than males. Obviously, the numbers speak. In terms of our marketing, we're focusing more on uh, initially on females. And your dietitians, nutritionists are working also with people who want to gain weight, not just lose weight. Of course, yes. Again, there's like there are people that's also unhealthy to be underweight. So like there are many cases to uh, for people who want to gain weight. From a marketing and from an industry and from, from a commercial perspective, people who want to lose weight spend much more money on, uh, on losing weight. So in terms of an, an initial focus for us is we're focusing on weight loss more in our marketing and messaging effort. Who else is on your team? So we are a team of three. There's uh, Mahmoud, he's our CTO and he's like our lead, he's our technical guru. Uh, I'm a computer science by background, but I don't code for a long time now. I understand the jargon, I can lead a development team, but I don't do coding myself. So Mahmoud is our CTO. He has, I think, uh, like seven to nine years of development experience. He's full stack. He, 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 know, he knows more than one programming language. And then we have Ala, she's working with us uh, part-time. She's our digital marketing expert. She brings a female artistic touch to the group. She leads the digital marketing and design efforts. I have a question about InstaDiet and how it works in general. I know Egyptian community itself is more into traditions. They like customs and habits. 
So how do you convince skeptical clients that would rather see a dietitian or a nutritionist face-to-face? How would you convince them with your technology? So that, that, that's a very interesting question. It's a huge industry and I will not be able, and it's not a goal for me to convince everyone that I am much more efficient and much more effective for them. There will always be a need for someone to meet face-to-face with a dietitian. And I'm not trying to say that, I'm not trying to convince people that I'm eliminating this because practically it doesn't work. Like there, at the end, there will some, be some people who would value the face-to-face meeting over the online uh, kind of service but there is a huge part of the market either find a lot of challenges going to a dietitian or actually because of these challenges and the inconveniences they decide not to pursue or not to go to a dietitian i'm focusing more on that part those who are looking for more convenient options or uh, they want to work with a dietitian and because of the current inconveniences because of their schedules or because of their work if they're working moms they don't have enough time to go seek a dietitian so um, for those people i'm telling them i'm i'm telling them that i'm i'm the source you go on anestadite you find credible people credible dietitian that are pre-verified and then you start working with them on the spot so it's kind of i'm not eliminating the need for face to face but i'm focusing on those on on the part of the market that is affected by the pains and the inconveniences of the face to face um, kind of service right now and then for actually for for many of our clients who request a phone call for instance with the with the dietitian they need to talk more than text we actually do this like we help them like okay we take care of this and we schedule a call for them with their dietitian so we're trying to make it as convenient as possible for everyone i think that this is very convenient i was going to ask about this because yeah. for example i know a lot of people who uh, would like to lose weight or gain weight because of their health issues they have a medical background and they can't just explain it without like talking in a full length phone call with the doctor or the dietitian about their medical background yeah. and, and what's happening with them I it's, think. It's, it's actually pretty interesting and you know we're learning as well we're evolving our product itself is evolving so our initial thinking is that we will make it only chat and texting but we changed this already and we're now working on an audio message kind of feature you know like compared to whatsapp audio message mm. so like you can leave an audio message to your doctor and he or she can reply in an audio message as well and then we, we we're thinking to add the one phone call kind of service for for each for each subscription but with the audio message this bridges the need to to communicate with with the doctor directly the idea is that credible doctors are busy we and we are focusing on really credible and good doctors so like to require him to be on the phone at the same time as the patient it's a nightmare for him in terms of scheduling in terms of fitting this into his current schedule and it's a nightmare logistically because the patient can be late five the five or ten minutes then the he has other appointments it's very very easy that we can do like an online skyping or an online video conferencing kind of feature but it, it comes with a lot of inconveniences and logistical and technical nightmares especially when you consider like if it's a video that could be streaming and the streaming quality and the internet like i didn't get this can you repeat then the 15 minutes appointment will easily move into a 30 minutes and then the, the schedule for the good doctors will be will not be will not afford this so what we're trying to do is that at any point of time as a patient you can leave the message in whatever format you wish whether it's text or audio and then at a convenient time for the doctor which is typically within one day they reply back to to you in another in their conven- in, in a convenient format as well it's either they text or reply in an audio note as well so it's kind of bridging the gap to talk at the same time 
Exactly. I think that this is uh, very efficient hmm. to both sides. It's for hmm. nutritionists and for the clients as well. Your company is currently being incubated in the VLAB, correct? Yes. Uh, for those of you who do not know what the VLAB is, we mentioned it briefly in our previous episode. The Venture Lab is a leading university-based startup accelerator slash incubator in Africa and the MENA region. It's located in the American University in Cairo. Its aim is to commercialize innovations that contribute to Egypt's economic growth. So how did you come across the VLAB? It was by coincidence and I applied the last day in the deadline. I attended, it was an event co-organized with the VLAB, talking about Lean Startups or something. Then I met the people that the AFC VLAB has convinced with their value. I applied before 12 a.m. and I got accepted. And you came for, I guess they have an interviewing. Yes, they have a, they have a very, uh, like a typical process, like you, you write an application, you mention what you're working on, uh, what's your pain, if you have a demo or something. And I think you leave also a video, a two minutes video in the application explaining what you're doing then if you pass this stage you have an interview if you pass the interview you're accepted into what they call a boot camp where they accept i think so like the numbers is like they receive almost 400 applications and then they filter them through the application and the interviews and only 60 i think don't quote me on this but it's i think it's either 60 or 270 yeah i think 60 startups in a boot camp in a three days boot camp so like they get speakers mentors to talk to us all and they require us to do some work about our startups and submit that work to them during these three days and then based on the quality of the work they filter those people to i think like they accept 10 to 20 startups a day so from 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 400 they accept 10 to 20 startups wow yes so how is the VLAB is helping your company? So VLAB is an accelerator. And from the name, they need to give us like a strong push to accelerate our progress and our growth. Every startup is a diff- is in, in a different stage. So they kind of tailor their help and support to each startup to, to meet their next milestone quickly, right? So they start with some generic mentorship and programs like education, like training kind of programs on business modeling and how to think of your business model, how to challenge and refute your assumptions, how to validate your hypotheses and to make sure that whatever you're starting with, to make sure that you understand that whatever you're starting with are assumptions. They are not hard facts. And as founders and as entrepreneurs, we kind of like, we see a problem, we say, yes, this is a fact, this is a huge problem, let's start solving. But mm-hmm. then are you solving the right problem? Do you know the problem that you're solving? What assumptions that you are uh, considering and what solution that you're building, right? Because if you change the assumption about the problem, the solution can change dramatically. So before building, you need to go out and validate. So they kind of teach us this and push us to do so. And then uh, they give us, uh, they uh, connect us to mentors from the industry, whether it's healthcare in our case, uh, financial um, in, in, in the fintech uh, startups if you need digital media marketeers it really depends on every startup they connect you with a relevant mentor and they offer you support uh, till you reach your next milestone and at the end we didn't go there yet but there's a demo day where we pitch our ideas they help us again to prepare our pitch and we pitch it in front of like uh, many investors and many important uh, stakeholders in the ecosystem what's next for Instadive? we kind of Technical people, right? We have have a computer science background. My co-founder also has a has a computer science background. So our comfort zone is to build some, is to build a good product, and I think we did so. Like we're very very proud of the product we have right now as a start. Yes, there are glitches there and here and there. It needs to be improved a bit, 
but it's a very, very good starting point. We need to focus more on customer acquisition. We need to go outside of our comfort zone and go recruit customers mm-hmm. and get initial customers, build partnerships with uh, different stakeholders, different companies, different communities to push the word out about InstaDat and to convince people that we are a trustworthy supplier. So this is kind of next for us to focus more on customer acquisition and retention. When we prove this, we already have good customer base right now as a starting point. We need to have much more than this. But when we prove this, we can then go seek funds. If you go seek funds now and there is a gap in, in Egypt, there's no people who will, will put funds now with on good terms without good traction. So we want to get proof traction first and then go seek funds later. So I think it's like for, whom, for whomever is listening to this, it's like they need to understand that it's a long journey. There are a lot of pressures and it's not an easy way out of corporate. Yes, corporate is hectic and yes, it has a lot of problems. And then when we're working as in, in a corporate life, uh, in a corporate, we think like we need to be entrepreneurs, we need to start up with something. But again, we only listen in the media and the news and the podcasts and everything about <laughs> the successful people. But we don't talk about the ones who fail. So mm. I think it's the percentage is like 10 to uh, 90 to 10. So like 90% failure rate. So for every one successful startup, there are nine people who tried and failed. So it's a long journey and it's not a one or two years decision. It's like, like a four years kind of decision before you see like real traction. So if you approach it, approach it with this mindset. Take that decision when you have this in mind. I am doing it myself, so I'm not telling people not to do it. It's, it's actually so much worth it. But know what you're risking, know what you're up to, and weigh your options before taking uh, making this decision. Thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you guys for tuning in to Bridges Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Bridges Podcast. Goodbye.